Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten, and as usual, I'm joined by... Oh, I'm trying to think of a funny pirate name for you having, having one arm, but I can't. JJ Armstrong! Yeah! Hello, everybody. Woo. How are you, Jacob? Are you doing well? I I am Gucci Mane on the runaway train, mate. Thank you. How are you? Uh, in a lot of pain, uh, both physically and mentally, when remembering the Man United game. Uh, but I'm going to stop right here and say, you, watching this, you, if you Your look down below... Media. We are currently, as I was recording this podcast, we are currently on 609, no we're not, 897 subscribers. So we're three away from 900. So if you could just take a second, if you're not subscribed, to hit that subscribe button, uh, that would mean a lot. 900 is a number we never thought we'd get. So uh, yeah, and if you're listening audio, head to YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It's free. Anyway, back to business. Back to business. So Manchester United away in what what I can describe. I'll, I'll say at the start and say what on earth um, was was that all about? But so I'll uh, just a, just a brief rundown. So I, I went to get in my car at three o'clock. I was driving somewhere and I knew I'd listened to the first half. Um, I went to get in my car at what I thought was three o'clock. Turned out it was three o one. I look at my phone. There's a BBC notification. Say we've scored. By the time I get into the car, turn the car on, put the right radio station on, they're still celebrating. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Of course, yeah. And then it goes, and that's 2-0. Willie Bonnie scored. I had absolutely no idea what was going on, JJ. Yeah, I was sat on my living room floor watching the game, uh, losing my mind because I just didn't know, didn't know what was going on and my phone was popping off from everybody that hates Man United, which is every other club everyone um saying what on earth are you doing like what's happening i was just like i don't know uh but i'd swiftly text every single one of them back saying don't worry we'll still lose this um but at the start <laughs> i mean you couldn't really ask for a much better start to be honest to go two nil up so quickly and i one thing that i liked about that is i went into this game with a little bit of hope thinking we could maybe get a point here and one thing I liked about that is that gave us hope and it gave you something to hold on to just for a small amount of time because, uh, you know, you'd score two goals that quickly away at Old Trafford, you're not going to be enjoy it. You're not going to not enjoy it, are you? So, yeah, incredible. And special shout-out now to Taiwo, who is the third African player in Premier League history to score in seven consecutive matches. And that takes his tally to nine in the last seven Premier League games. So my hat goes off to you, brother. He's uh, he's Denzel at the minute. He's man on fire. He is. I mean, his pace to get that goal uh, was. I didn't know he had it. Same. I know, I, I know he threw against Arsenal, but yeah, Arsenal. I was very surprised at how quick he was because he kept up with Alanga, who is rapid. Um, and in and for him to get this goal, he, I think Rashford had a bit of a head start, if anything, but he outpaced Marcus Rashford, who we know is rapid. So fair play to him. And I heard whispers before the game that the Man United were going to be doing a sit-down protest uh, against the Glazers. I didn't realise Onana would take it that seriously and sit down so early because uh, it was a disaster from him. But Tyro just kept waiting and kept waiting and kept waiting to the point where I thought he's waiting too long here. But Onana, you know, jumped on the floor and Tyro took it away calmly and confidently and storms off like he's, someone's just killed his family. So good man. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> that goal does nothing to back up the fact that I don't. I'm not entirely certain that Tywo Wunyi is a good footballer. He's a good goal scorer, <laughs> but you know, like it, it, the way that he basically, I, I think Onana looks an absolute complete and utter fool. But I can't really blame him for being in two minds as to what to do because I don't think Tywo knows what he's going to do. It's the same as the Arsenal match where. He waits so long and then the defender tackles it onto his foot and it flies into the back of the net. Perfect finish. So, you know, I, I love Tyro to bits, but I, you know, I you have him. to go some, some way to convince me he's a good footballer, if that makes sense. I absolutely um, love him. Uh, there's When he's running away from Marcus Rashford, he like almost looks behind him as if to say, what on earth am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, I, I love him. I think he's brilliant. And Thanks. I think he's brilliant. on fire. And I think he is, he could get some serious numbers this season. I think, 15 goals minimum, could he be the, the next Lewis Graben and get another 20? Who knows? Well, it's, it's also wild to see as well, somebody so big in, in his kind of role, you'd automatically go, he's a target man. And this is somebody, somebody that we know was once described as a target man. And we both kind of went, no, 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 no. That, that player is a poacher. He is a Pippo Enzaghi. The fact that he's six foot three and built like a brick, Brick, uh, brick outhouse, shall we say, is is irrelevant. He is a six yard p- merchant, isn't he? He's a poacher. He's a, he's a machine. I love him. I do love him. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Willie Bolly on the score sheet with a header that he knew absolutely nothing about because it did just hit his head. I think. Um, I mean, I would argue and say, where where else does he want to put it other than in the back <laughs> of the net? So I, I get, I get. I, I've heard, I've heard that a lot this weekend. Of didn't know much about it, but like. I'm sure if you asked him, I'm sure if you asked him a hundred times where he'd want to put it, a hundred times he'd say exactly where it went. So yeah, but not disagreeing with you, but uh, definitely mm. didn't mean it. But we'll take it. But that took us to two 0 up, um, and I think it says everything as a Forest fan that I'd never felt comfortable at that. And everyone texted me saying, "Fucking hell, can't believe you've done this to Man United." I knew yeah. what was coming. <laughs> um, everyone knew what was coming. Two 0 up away at Old Trafford. Yeah. Most people my, would be my, quite happy with that. My boss texts me, who's a Middlesbrough fan, saying, look, it, I, I can't remember the exact words, but basically what's going on here? And my response was, there's still time yet. A lot of time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For, essentially from there, um, we invited a hell of a lot of pressure. I think at one point they had like 90% possession or something like yeah. that, uh, which is, I think was always going to happen. Like you, you messaged me saying, this was always the game plan and this was always going to happen regardless of whether we're 2-0 up or not, which is a very yeah. sensible point. Um, but JJ Armstrong watching the game at the time, I didn't quite understand that. Well, I, I, I don't like it and I don't agree with it, but, you know, it, you know, it's just it's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any other team in our kind of, you know, let's say, let's say we're, we're realistically, we're one of the bottom seven, aren't we, in the league? So out of that group, I don't think anyone else in that group would have played it differently. Yeah, correct, correct. But I, there's, I still think there's a lot. We are very dangerous on the counter-attack and whilst we were under a lot of pressure uh, and they were getting a lot of chances, it wasn't one-way traffic. You know, we'd still had quite a few. Um, unfortunately, their traffic did end up going in the back of the net. They pulled one back to make it 2-1, uh, to which I think is just shocking marking from McKenna. Uh, what was your view on that? Um, I think the shockingness for me personally is more Serge Aurier. He, he doesn't show... So Rashford for me, if you can put him on his left foot, he's not a threat. 
but the way the angle that Aurier gave him, if Aurier had shown him down the line, that goal doesn't go in. But instead of showing him down the line, he shows him kind of towards the goal on the outside, if that makes sense. And it gives him a really, really nice and easy ball to put in. Whereas if he actually shows him down the line, he's got to dig something out. They don't have anyone in the box because he, he was the striker, that type of thing. We, we don't have that issue. So I think it was more of a Aurier issue, um, Aurier mistake. But then also, you know, I, I do think it was a good good finish by Ericsson. McKenna, I, I love him to absolute bits. I think he was a, a wonderful signer and a great player in the championship. I'm still surprised that he's the defender that really hasn't stepped up in any capacity. But it's getting to the point now where I'm kind of like, if somebody came in with a five to ten million pound offer from the championship, I, I think I'd shake his hand and say, "Cheers, all the best, God bless." I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> I think it'd be the best for everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. I'd. I, re- I, I again, I thought he would be the one to make the step up, the easiest transition. I thought when we got him, I thought, bloody hell, we've done well here. He felt like he could make the step up to the Premier League quite easily. But he's, I mean, Worrell hasn't stepped up too great, but has had his moments. Uh, McKenna, not too sure he's had his moments. Um, and, his la- and his last three games for us uh, this season, I think, have been woeful, uh, visibly. So... It's a real shame. Um, thank, thanks to him for what he did for us in the championship, but it is a real shame. Uh, it's, I think it is time for him to move on. I don't know whether he will move on. Maybe he'll just be needed back up, but he certainly doesn't warrant a start at all for me. I think if he hadn't have had all these injuries, we probably would have seen a lot more of him and gone kind of a, a lot sooner. We'd like would have seen enough to already be at the point of going, out you go, kid. Um, but yeah so I mean we do spend the rest of the half under a lot of pressure they're trying to pull level they're at Old Trafford I think if this game was at the city ground and we'd gone 2-0 up I think it would have been a different story I still think a lot of defending but you know we, we know what the the world famous does in that kind of situation so it's you know we we are you know there were 73,000 people in there it's a, it's a big old stadium it, you know it, it, it is what it is. I think we do well to come away 2-1 up at half-time. Yeah. Um, well, Morgan Gibbs-White had basically got himself a goal. Um, it looked like it was going in um, just before half-time. Um, but unfortunately, Tyro did his best marking um, and blocked the shot, yeah. which is obviously frustrating. I think that goes in, it changes the game. But like you say, can we really complain about being 2-1 up at half-time away at Old Trafford, even though we knew which way it was all heading? Um, we can't really complain at that. So yeah, oh. we we survived. That was it. We Time survived. for the second half. Yeah, and then they score. <laughs> they get a kind of innocuous free kick that looks like it's going to be knocked into the box. Very similar to um to our second goal, wasn't it? The positioning. Um, again, I was listening to this on the radio. Um, Colin Frey didn't really know how to describe it, which I found interesting. He's, he's normally really eloquent in situations like this, but kind of a really weird square ball that nobody, you know, I'm not even that mad that nobody was marking that player because why would it, no, nobody's ever passed that player from a free kick like that before. Um, that it's kind of a, it was almost a one-two, wasn't it? Really? Mm, yeah. Back to Fernandez. It was Fernandez, wasn't it? Who then nods it back across and Casemiro takes a touch and taps it in. I, I, th- I think I want Matt Turner to do better there. The fact he takes a touch, I think the fact he takes a touch rather than shooting first time probably throws Turner off, which 
I, I get it was a it was a I think most people I think if I was in that situation I would have just tried to volley it as hard as possible towards goal rather than take a touch and lift it over the keeper so I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of he's a new sign and I'll give him I'll give him some some time and say it's not really Matt Turner's fault but I, you you notice here JJ what want me to describe why it wasn't why Casemiro wasn't offside yes I've seen a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter asking why uh, he wasn't given offside because he he wasn't interfering with play. Thank you. So next, <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it a lot, uh, and a lot of people saying you so, don't know football. Um, yeah, basically, the, the so he he is offside. He is categorically stood in an offside position. But he's not interfering with play um, when the, the the ball is to Fernandez. If Casemiro had run towards the ball and blocked one of our players from st- from stopping or trying to challenge Fernandez, it would be offside. He's interfering with play. But he's only he's only active in an active position when Fernandez knocks it back inside, and at that point he's onside. It's um, it's like a less contentious version of the. Can you remember when Rodri scored that goal against Aston Villa? No, where <laughs> he, he stood he stood. So the Villa defenders here. Rodri's behind the ball. Villa defender. I think it was Tyron Mings hits him. He, he takes a touch, like knocks it forward to run up and kick it. Rodri comes from behind, rubs it off him, and I can't remember if he scores or somebody scores. And technically, it's not offside because as soon as Mings touches it, he plays him on because he hadn't tried to get it before. So it's a, it's a, it's one of those ones that I understand why there's confusion, but it's it was categorically not offside because you know, I would have loved it to have been. I would have loved to have been as well, but I think the defense. It's interesting you mentioned Matt Turner. I think our defending was pretty poor anyway. No one can understand why because it was an interesting routine, but. No one really knew what to do and who to mark and who to pick up, and it was a bit of a, a scramble. Um, so I think, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say. I think that's a really good point. I think for me, it, the disappointing thing was that both Fernandez and Casemiro hadn't been picked up. If 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 we'd have tried, if we'd have picked up one of them, not both of them, one of them, that goal doesn't happen. If Fernandez is challenged for the header. He, he can't just. He's not just got a clean header to to Casemiro. I'm confident we that stopped. If some if he gets the, if he's unmarked and but Casemiro is pressured in any capacity, I don't think he scores. I think it's just disappointing to me that both of them could do whatever they wanted. Yeah, and whilst he is an absolute rat bastard, um, <laughs> I am amazed that someone's seen Fernandez just out there by himself and not bothered to go pick him up because you know his but threat. He, um, he took the free kick, didn't he? So he he the idea. So he he squares it to Rashford, who then runs around the back. It's just it's yeah, it's it's just it's disappointing. Poor. It's disappointing. It's poor. You mentioned Matt Turner. I actually, and I think this will be a largely unpopular opinion, but it's caveat caveated with a popular opinion at the same time. Is I thought his delivery was pretty poor this game. Uh, I thought his distribution was shocking. I think I could maybe chalk this up to one of his first poor games. Not necessarily bad, but a poor game. Uh, there was a few nervy moments where he spilled or he couldn't quite collect the ball. Um, his distribution, he tried to get us moving too quickly when we clearly just needed to hold the ball, have a bit of a breather, which I respect that he wants to get us moving, but this is not the game for that. You need to have a bit more of a sensible brain in this situation. Yeah. Um, so I'll give him that I think there's quite a few poor elements to his game. Caveat that with, there's some great moments to his game. Uh, in particular, yeah. the save against Anthony, I thought he was brilliant. 
Um, some of the times he came out to collect the ball, uh, some of the sort of lovely stop shot stopping things that he did, lovely. But I, I don't know if I can say he was perfect, but keepers rarely are. Um, I just thought there's a, a few things that he could have done better. I, I think his worst moment was actually that Casemiro miss. Mm. I know Aurier, Aurier misses the ball, doesn't he? Yeah. But he he he, he didn't look like he was in the right position if Aurier mm. had got the ball, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Casemiro has the probably the miss of the century that kind of gets a bit overlooked. But yeah, it's... Um, I, I, I don't think... I think I was being a bit harsh for the second goal. First goal, he can't do anything about us. No, that's not his fault. But yeah, he's... Yeah, I... Is, is, I think his distribution with his feet is, you know, average. I think it's his, it's the quick distribution with his hands, which I think I think you'll agree really impressed us against Sheffield United. Mm-hmm. He was always looking to get us moving, which I think uh, Samba's distribution was fantastic, but he sometimes looked to slow the ball down. Henderson's distribution, I think, flattered to deceive. Um, we were expecting really, really good and kind of got maybe just above average. Mm. Um so I think I think it's 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 a huge part of his game, but I think you're right. He needs to understand when and where to do it. And nursing a lead against Man United at Old Trafford is not the time to you know unless you unless you can literally see Brennan Johnson on the halfway line, stood on his own on his on on his own picking his nose. He's got a free run on goal. Maybe just yeah. slow it down a bit, kid. Yeah, and then even then, don't pass it to him because he'll miss. Um, that's a joke. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so. McKenna uh, then went off through injury, which was enforced. Niakate came back, which is brilliant to see. But as Jacob always says, before the game, if he's fit enough to make the bench, why isn't he starting? We've mentioned that McKenna, you know, hasn't had a great start to the season, so it makes no sense to me why Niakate isn't starting, but fair enough. But we'll move on from one centre-back to another as we talk about the first contentious decision. Mr. Worrell's red card, Jacob. Talk to me. Yeah, I, 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 it's a foul category. I think he slips, uh, and it's a bit unfortunate. But it, you know, it categorically is a foul. I don't think Fernandez plays it up. Um, it's definitely a yellow card. How it in any world it's a red card when Willie Bolly is not only is he not only is he the last man, but he's also his run is angling towards. You know, he's he's close and he's coming towards the ball. I, I don't, I don't, I just, I just don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't understand how, I don't understand how the referee gave a red card. I don't understand how VAR didn't look at it and go, no, you clown, come back and change it. It's, it, it it's mind bending. And I, again, I was listening on the radio and it was only when I saw it back for the first time, I went, whoa, 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 what? There's, there's no, there's no world in which that that's a red card. I was, yeah, I was watching it and I was absolutely losing my mind. Mm. <clears throat> when Worrell did it, I thought, oh, you idiot, like, come on, that's a bit naive. Yeah. But I'd seen Bolly cover and I'd seen Turner come out and I thought, fine. When the referee showed a red card, I wasn't panicking too much because I knew VAR would overturn it, uh, especially when they started showing the replays on the broadcast. I thought, all right, fair enough. Worrell's an idiot, but he's got away with this one. Um, I don't think he even really meant it. I don't think it was malice. Maybe professional no, foul. No, he slipped, maybe fall. Yeah, yeah. Maybe slipped. Uh, maybe a little bit of both. But he regardless, put his arms out, doesn't he? Like to, yeah. to, to, to. Yeah, I think he knows you, what he's doing. But regardless, um, 
I did not think for one second it would be given as a red uh, when the referee gave it. I didn't for one second think that VAR wouldn't overturn it or send him to the monitor and then it'd be overturned. I cannot tell you what's gone wrong there other than it. the first thing to scream is corruption because how else, how could it be anything different? I cannot believe that decision was made. I hope we appeal it. Um, we have, that, we have. We have, okay, because McAllister's gets oh, born. No, sorry, I don't know if we've appealed the decision, but we've, appealed, we've, we've lodged a complaint, haven't we? Sure. A complaint does nothing, no. really. Uh, Wolves complained against with a, a, another team that got robbed at Old Trafford with a quite blatant penalty. Uh, they complained and they got told, you're right, it was a penalty. Sorry. Their manager still got, I think, did he get like fined or something for t- complaining about it? it? So he got booked and also nothing changes because Man United still got the win. So complaining is pointless to me. Uh, It's not good enough, fundamentally not good enough. And it's a shocking system with referees looking out for each other and Man United, uh, but referees looking out for their mates rather than what is right. Which brings us on to the next thing, the penalty. Uh, Another shocking decision. Jacob, take it away. I mean, you know, watched it back, watched all the all the clips and all that, and I I, per, I personally think there there is oh, it's a heavy word, isn't it? I think there is contact. I think they I think the two people do touch. However, in my opinion, Marcus Rashford is already quite clearly on his way down and has no intention of playing the ball. Um and to, to add, it was Danilo, wasn't it? Yeah. Danilo is trying to get out of his way. And I know that's a, you know, like a, I wasn't trying to hit them in the car, Your Honor. I just, you know, it just happened type thing. So it's that's kind of a by the by. But I, I don't understand how that's a penalty. I, I, I've always come back to, and this is kind of touching on the Joe Warrell card as well. When we played Man City at home and we, the one more draw, when we were losing, we were losing 1 0. And Erling Haaland goes through on goal and Joe Worrell pulls him back. And I still to this day haven't seen a replay of that. But I remember saying to you, well, that's a penalty in a red card. We've, 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 we're done here. And it didn't even get looked at. And it's just, they're so inconsistent with everything that I don't understand what VAR adds. Well, Man United, Harry Maguire in the box, too crowded. I go back to that yep. decision. There's There's hundreds of bad decisions in literally as I just mentioned at Old Trafford the Wolves one was a penalty and what does VAR do in that circumstance doesn't see it and are they scared to make the, a decision that's upset 70,000 people or something I just don't understand it and I I think if there was contact it was extremely minimal it wouldn't be enough to send someone that's already on the way down any further down because he's going down anyway yeah. and I think the response from a lot of ex-pro footballers um, they've all said it's never been a pen. Mm. Um, I I just think it's a shambles, and I, I can see why we're angry, and I can see why I've made a complaint, but that doesn't really do us any favors. If we get no. told, actually, you're right, that wasn't a pen. It's not going to do anything. They're not going to take the goal off. And give us a point, are they? No. So I, it's it's a it's a shambles, and I think Forest fans have every right to be. Um, upset about it and I've seen a lot of the only people that I've seen really say it was a penalty are United fans surprisingly and they said if you were a Forest fan you'd take that uh, I'd certainly take it in thinking it was a 
a penalty, but then I'd also take the fact that VAR would look at that and decide it wasn't a foul. So what can you do? It just doesn't feel like VAR is fit for purpose. Um, I'd love to have heard the communications for their justification for both decisions, um, but it's just not right at the minute. Yeah, I I think if if we'd have got a penalty for that mm. and we were in the stands, I would have looked to you and pulled this face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure about that type thing. Yeah, um, but uh, it, like we can, as fans, you'd see that situation and you'd shout for a penalty. But if AR looks at it as it should and decides it isn't because they can see that it's not, you can't do anything about it because that's what it's there for. Yeah. So I I just, I just don't understand it. Um, it's similar to the, the, the penalty that Brentford got, isn't it? Last season against us. Yeah. Well, they, they claim that Henderson touched him. It's, it's just inconsistent. And I'll move on to the inconsistency now, but obviously from this, they go three to up, which is, I was outraged through a two goal lead, but not really entirely from our fault, given the last two decisions that's gone our way. I think we were to blame defensively for a lot of the poor, poor uh, elements of play. But, it felt tragic that we'd lost that loss, not just from our own fault, but from things that should have been there to protect us, really. But yep. Turner got also Turner got very close. So that's another sort of yeah, well done Turner. Would, yeah. He got very, very close. He, he did very well because I think when Fernandez takes his penalties, he's one of those ones that waits for the keeper to move, doesn't he? Yeah. And rolls it to the other corner. Turner did very well to stand his ground and wait for him to take it. I'd have, I, I mean, if he saved it, I'd fucking love that because that would have been justice. But, it's possibly possibly why he didn't get to it because he 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 was so late diving. But yeah. I think if he'd already dived, Fernandez would have just rolled it in the other corner. Yeah, uh, fair, fair play to him. What can you do? Mm. Penalty against Fernandez, you can take them. But this is the inconsistency for me. Casemiro pushes Bolly, which sends him down, and yes, soft as fuck, minimal contact. I don't really think it's a penalty. But if you're giving it for that, where there's no contact or minimal contact. Do the same thing for us. If he's been pushed to go down, why yeah. is that not a penalty? Be consistent in your ability to judge minimal contact. And it's um, and and for me as well, just just on that, and it's a really good point. It's you know if there's no VAR mm. and it's just one person in the middle, and you go, he's missed it. That's yeah. fine. But now there's somebody actually watching all the video footage, the better video footage than we get, and they're still not giving things like that. I really like the 2018 World Cup where they kept giving penalties at corners. Mm. I've played 11 side football. I don't understand why people have to touch and grip you and grab you and while the, while the corners come in. I don't get it. Give penalties, make them stop it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's so, like I say, wildly inconsistent on every on every level. It just It's not fit for purpose. It's minimal contact, but it's conclusive evidence that he was touched. So if if it's very inconclusive that Rashford got touched, you say you think there was a little bit of contact. I say I don't think there was. That was given as a penalty. In what world yep. do we live in? Do they look at this one where Bolly got pushed and don't decide it's a penalty? Yep. I don't think it was. But if you can give the Rashford one, you can give this one. Uh, but anyway, shocking decisions. Um, we didn't look entirely out of it. Alanga came on, Wood came on, and there was that opportunity where... Wood, there was a ball squared into the middle and Wood just missed it, uh, which is yeah. unfortunate. But we still had a few chances on the counter to get them. But all in all, uh, I, I would say we threw it away, but I don't think we did. I think us plus uh, officials threw it away. 
Um, and and I think we can, I personally take it as a positive that we pushed Man United all the way. We've walking away from Old Trafford away thinking we should have really got something from that. We didn't get battered. It's an improvement on last year. Um, we know, we, it's clear to see that we need to make improvements. It's still the same amount of points as last year, however, which is frustrating, obviously. But you've got to take these marginal gains. And I think if we continue playing like that away and we improve the areas that we need to, I am not really concerned or that we'll you know, repeat the same away woes that we had last season. Um, so extremely frustrating. Who? So the next game is Burnley, isn't it? Yes, yes. And then what's the one after that? Chelsea away. So, it, so I think I said to you at the start of the, the start of the season when we looked at those first. That's is that five games? Yeah. If we get six points out of those five, we have to get six points. We have to win the two home games. If we get six points out of the first five games, I am chuffed. Just, just to chuffed. say, the Burnley ones in the cup tomorrow. Uh, so got- but we are playing Burnley at home again, which is very yeah. boring. But Chelsea is yeah. the next league game. But if we got six points out of them, you need to target that. You, if you're looking at fixtures as a realistic Forest fan, you look at Arsenal away, Man United away, Chelsea away. You sh- maybe get something out of it, and we maybe nearly did uh, yeah. both times, which is incredible. We got improved um, performances. Yeah, but you, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah, exactly. It's not a point. And I know a lot of people will be saying, well, it's not good enough. It's not a point. But do you really expect a point against these teams away? We really need to be beating Sheffield United and Burnley at home. So if we beat Burnley at home, which I think we should and we need to, then we'll be okay. I still think we're going to get a really positive away result against the big team this season if we continue to play like that. But like you say, six points from the first five, I think is a good return. Yeah, because we like you say, I think you're right about targeting those home games of going. We can't rely on beating Liverpool at home. We can't rely on drawing Man City. We can't rely on beating Arsenal. We, you know, they they were amazing results. We played brilliantly. Yeah, but they don't happen every season. They they just don't. They I, just don't. But, but beating yeah. teams like Sheffield United and Burnley are things that are meant to happen, and yeah. that's where we needed to improve. I think last season I was very much a we can beat anyone at home and we lose to anyone away. That was how I felt. Um, and now this season, I, I, at the moment, I feel like we can beat anybody at home and we can maybe beat anyone away. That's a change. So positive movements, still got a lot of work to do. It's not all entirely positive, like realistic to know that there's a lot to do, which will take us to the transfer uh, window. Um, but yeah, positive steps. Positive steps. So this routes us nicely into the transfer roundup. We're into the last week. The window shuts at 11pm on Friday. Yeah, get it shut. Get it shut. Get it shut. I, I, I was a huge fan of that season where they shut it before the first game. If they could have got all the other leagues <laughs> to agree to it rather than leaving us leaving the English teams exposed. I knew you were going to say that. That's definitely the way forward. You say that every time you mention the transfer window. It, 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 I, I don't understand why nobody else thought it was a good idea. I th- I think it's... I think it was probably one of the best things that the the Premier League and the I think it was was it just the Premier or was it all, all the English all the English leagues I I think it was one of the best things they did because it just I don't know it just seems it's, you know we we've we've played three league games now or we're still looking to sign first team players it just seems a little crazy to me yeah yeah you know um, so 
Brennan Johnson looks off to Spurs. Um, we've both read the Athletic article today. Um, if anyone's got subscribed to the Athletic, it's well, well worth a read. It's a it's a nice insight to kind of Brennan's history with us. Um, he was initially available after his loan to Lincoln for ten million plus two million, which uh, Brentford decided to play hardball with and didn't didn't offer the right amount, and we said no. Um, then he was we the the board had accepted an offer that Steve Cooper and Dane Murphy didn't know about in the January before we went up. Um, Steve Cooper and Dane Murphy found out and told them to go and tell them N O. Or maybe it's maybe it started with F and O, um, because it was that 20, 20, uh, maybe initial eighteen up to twenty three or something. Huge amount of money, but just you know, I, and I'll come on to my point about Brandon Johnson in a minute uh, on on the on the, on the valuation, um, which you know resulted in nobody could say otherwise than saying no. He was a hugely key part in us going up, and it's you know resulted in hundreds of millions and et cetera. And, you know, the, the statue of the club and the town and the city and everything, and, and definitely the right decision. Um, and, a, and a key takeaway from that is that they listened. Um, and then obviously Brentford have come back in. They, they had initial bid in the summer turned down, which was very low in my opinion. It's looking like Brentford are finally going to be put off because they're not going to want to pay 50 million, which I think Spurs will, because we know they've got it in the bank. Um, Chelsea were uh, Chelsea were interested apparently, but I, I, you know, maybe not. Villa definitely bid, didn't they? Palace were in if um, Elise had gone to Man City, uh, but then they obviously called it when he just. Oh, sorry, to Chelsea wasn't it? They decided to call it when he when he didn't go and he signed a new contract. Um, I think Brennan Johnson is a far better player than he gets credit for. Just my opinion. I think he's a hugely key part. Um, he does need the right kind of service, which in my opinion, he hasn't been getting this season so far. He was key in the build-up to the first goal against Sheffield United. He won the free kick for the goal against Man United, the second goal against Man United. Um, but, you know, every every player has their price, doesn't it? You know, Neymar's for PSG was £228 million. Um, back in the day, Beckham only cost £25 million. It's, it's You know, it is what it is. I think if we get £50 million, I don't want any any rubbish Spurs squad players. I'm, I, I say that actually, I may have taken Sergio Reguilón, although it's looking like him or Kukure is going to go to Man United as Luke Shaw cover. Um, I think Brennan Johnson is a fantastic player. I think if he went to Spurs, he'd thrive under Ange. I think he'd play up front, take Richarlison's place, uh, or maybe still put Son in the middle and, and play him out wide. Um, I would say... Cheers, all the best. God bless. Thank you for everything. Thanks for the fifty million and, and the memories. But uh, I, I, you know, if we decided to actually know he's too important, and we're going to say no. I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, yeah, I completely same. If if he goes, cheers, pal. Uh, no one can deny. People can dispute his um, involvement this season so far, which is only three games. You can mm-hmm. dispute positives and negatives. Can't really, I know a lot of people said we played well without him at the back end of last season, but there was also that period of time where he was essential in getting us the goals that kept us moving and and earned some vital points. So he was uh, very positive in getting us staying up last season. Uh, Getting us promoted, you can never deny that he was an essential part to that. Unbelievable at that level. 
Um, so if he goes, I have a lot of respect for him and I thank him. Uh, I can see why sometimes he is very ineffective and is frustrating. And I can see sometimes that he is very effective and is brilliant. Um, but for 50 million, I think that, you know it's fair enough considering that a few years ago they were bidding 10 million, which was a lot of money uh, to a team that hadn't been to the Premier League uh, for a long time. Turned it down. Going five times that value is incredible. Uh, but if that 50 million allows us to strengthen the squad, I read, I think it was the Telegraph, if not one of the others, but they mentioned that if Johnson goes, it gives us a chance to get Sangare, Harwood Bellis and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Now that is extremely wishful thinking. I still don't think we're going to get them free. But if you would say to me, Brennan goes, but you get those three in. Sorry, but see you, Brennan. Um, I think that's incredible. But every far out, if he stays, brilliant. If he goes, fine. As long as we invest it wisely in the right players because we've been linked with a lot and a lot of them is shit. Um, so. Yeah. I think it's I think it's similar to the West Ham situation, isn't it? Where you look at them now and go, they got Declan Rice. I think he's a wonderful, wonderful footballer. I think 105 million or whatever it was is probably 40 million too much. But for some reason at the minute, that number six holding midfielder is a precious commodity. And, you know, the, the market is what the market does, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but if you said to West Ham fans, we're going to sell Declan Rice, you're going to lose him. You know, he's, he's one of our own bubbles, irons. Um, but we're going to get James Wall Prowse, Edson Alvarez, and Mohamed Kudus, yeah, and still have two million pound in your back pocket. I, I, you know, again, I love Declan Rice. I think he's a great player for England, and uh, you know, he started really well for Arsenal. But Ward Prowse, Alvarez, and Kudus, exactly, is is is, is exactly honestly wonderful work, and and they look better yeah. for it. They look, I know um, they haven't properly come in yet. Ward Prowse and uh, Alvarez have, um, but. They look better for it. They look good and they look like a team that aren't going to be a, a relegation battle this season. So far, they're really impressive against Brighton. Uh, they beat Chelsea. I think they look great. And that's how yep. you reinvest the money properly to strengthen your yep. squad. And that's why we need to take the same approach. Obviously, it's half the price, but we need to take the same approach and get better in, but the right type of people in. Um, yeah. Jacob, there's a tweet from uh, Callum Castell. Uh, mm. And Jacob's going to read I, out. Go on. Yeah. I was just going to shout out as well. Callum Castell, he's like our own personal Fabrizio Romano and it's absolutely incredible. I think, you know, there's a lot of things going around on in, in on the social media sphere around people just, you know, pretending to be something that, you know, it takes a long time to learn and that kind of thing. But I think Callum Castell is, is one of the ones that he's generally always right. And it's always well-intentioned and he's clearly a Forest fan. And it's just, it's nice to have that kind of person linked with the club, I think. Absolutely. But he uh, tweeted a, a summary the other day, which I sent to Jacob. Jacob's going to read the list of yep. current rumoured ins and outs. It's probably changed since I sent it, uh, but Jacob's going to read it out and it's lengthy, but here we go. Jacob. JJ's going to do a nice, a nice graphic that drops over the screen. Now going in. Um, so Odysseus Vlacodemus, who from Benfica goalkeeper, who was the original replacement for Edison at Benfica, uh, Mario, uh, sorry, that's already in progress, isn't it? Nine, somewhere around nine million a pound, I think. Um, I think he's he's a 
he's half Greek, half German. Um, right. I, think I thought you'd he... rattle off the list like quite quickly. Oh, I didn't right. think you'd... Uh, Mario, who's already done his medical. Nelson, I have no idea who that is other than my dad's dog. Um, Davinson Sanchez, I want to delete that off the thing that I'm reading it because I can't stand him. I think he's a terrible footballer. Taylor Harwood Bellis, yes, please. Um, Morato? I don't, that another know that. Brazilian? I don't know. I don't know. Or is it Alvaro Morata? I'll take Morata. Uh, G Rodriguez. Is that, uh, that's, uh, uh, where's he from? I didn't, we're not Bologna? playing guess who here. This, <sighs> I thought you'd just read the names. We're not trying Yusuf to guess who uh, Sangare, who I watched for the first time the other night against uh, Rangers. Incredible. Dominguez, Florentino, Wilfred and Didi. I think that'd be pretty good. And Callum Hudson-Odoi. No, 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 yes, no, no, no. Please. No. Indeedy, no, no. No. No DD. Nope. No dearly. No, 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 uh, no, no. Players going out. Uh, Brennan Johnson, Serge Aurier, Remo Froiler, John Joe Shelby, Dennis, Lewis O'Brien, Jonathan Panzo, Loic Embasso, Ethan Horvath, and Cheku Kawate going. No, 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 no. I think he's a good, good squad player to have, I think. I'd keep Kawate, but the rest unfortunately with Aurier but I think the rest can go and Fabrizio says we're reopening talks with Nuno Tavares um, I, you know we were talking the other day weren't we about um, Kieran Tierney yeah I don't, and I know I don't get he's it he's got Champions League football at Real Sociedad but for, say come on man that's the kind of you know, if he's going to play for a Let's be honest, and this is no disrespect to Real Sociedad, but they're essentially Everton, aren't they? Just, you know, kind of the arc where David Moyes was manager the first time and, and doing really well. Um, like, just stay in the country and come play for Forest? I can, I don't know. I can see I why you choose Spanish Sun and, and yeah, Champions League football. Yeah, because I'd do the same thing, but, you know, we, we, we just to, re- you know, if he's fit, he's a really good left back. I, I get he doesn't fit all the way Arsenal play anymore, but yeah, that could have yeah. been really useful. Um, all, all I'll uh, say is uh, those possible incomings, um, Florentino is doing a wonderful job in my football manager save, uh, so I'll take him. Uh, but if we are aiming for Sangare and we get NDD, that is the biggest downgrade I've ever seen. Um, so I hope we hope we choose wisely. I think it's similar to the James Garner thing last season, is it? And it's Sangare. I think the offer is still there and it's still been accepted or it's still it's still fine. He's just waiting to see who else comes in, which I think is is fair when you consider how talented he is, because again, watched him play for the first time ever against Rangers the other night and you messaged me Christ, straight away. It was, like, didn't it was like watching Patrick Vieira for Arsenal. It was it was awesome. You messaged me straight away saying we need this guy. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think we'll get him. I think he's, he's too good. If we got him, it would be some coup. But try. Let's just try. But I still think there's a, a, a step in between Sangare and Ndidi, but that's just my opinion. Uh, um, that's it for our transfer news. Jacob's going to reel off. And I, and I think we're both going to say the same thing. Dean Henson's going to Crystal Palace. What the... Beep. Yes. Yeah. What? Um, what? What's gone on there? Man United again. James Garner all over again. They toy with us. We go elsewhere, and then they sell them anyway. I hate Man I think United. Key, I think we'd both say thank you very much to Dean Henderson. He was very good when we had him. 
it still blows my mind that I keep forgetting he only played half a season. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it would have been lovely to have him back and he played really well for us that half a season. But yeah, um, all, all the best at Palace. You'll be in the number one very shortly. That's all I'll say. Yes. Um, so, no. next game no, is Burnley. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry, on, one more. What the bleep. Oh, don't. I've just read it. Go on, Jacob. Say the words because I can't Jed say Spence them. Jed Spence is going to Leeds, isn't he? Jed Spence is going to Leeds. Oh, my goodness. What's happened um, there? I'm just going to... For anyone who's listening and not watching, I'm doing a, a thumbs down. Yeah, That's all I, I don't want to talk about it. It's sad. Bad. Anyway, that's it. Transfer window, get it short. Make sure we get the right people in. It'll be a mad end. But anyway, let's back back to what you were doing anyway. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> uh, so predict, pre- preview predictor. We've got Burnley the next two games uh, tomorrow we night. We've got we Burnley tomorrow, Chelsea Saturday. Oh, and then oh Jesus Christ! Right, okay, sorry. Uh, Burnley in the cup tomorrow. Um, I don't really care. I I wish they'd scrap the league cup. It means nothing to me. And and we got to the semi-final last season, which was nice. But yeah, I didn't care about that until we beat Wolves on the penalties. Um, not necessarily a weaker team. I'd like to see a rotated team, if not a weaker te- weakened team, just mm. to give all the people a chance. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see Nalanga start, Montiel starting. Uh, don't know. Maybe get some minutes in the Akate. Maybe Felipe's fit enough to get a few minutes. Yeah. Who knows? Aguilera, yeah. possibly be great to see him. Huang up top maybe I don't know I'm not bothered if we go out we go out I really couldn't care yeah yeah uh, and then Chelsea JJ um, yeah. I, I think I think there could be a chance to get a point there they are playing they are playing much better under Pochettino but yes. I think if we you know they are still a very young team kind of Raheem Sterling aside even Raheem Sterling still only 28 which is um, I, I think we've got a huge chance to to really rattle them and no, let Ryan Yates get around them. It feels like he did last season and, and caused some some interest. So, yeah. Um, prediction for the Burnley game, JJ? 2-0, Forest. Oof. Who cares? I'll go 1-1 one, one win on penalties. Fine. Chelsea, JJ? Chelsea, uh, I would just like to say that a few weeks ago, I would have targeted them for a point. As well as Man United, but I do think they're starting to click a little bit. I know they've, yep. I know they've just beaten Luton, which isn't saying much, but they look good. Uh, Sterling, they should looked, have beaten Liverpool, shouldn't they? Yes, and West Ham looked great. Um, so I think they look good. I think it will be difficult. All we can do is play the way we played against Man U and Arsenal, and there's hope. So my prediction: one-one. Oh, I was going to go for the same. I'll, I'll, for sake of argument, I'll say two all. Okay, yeah, let's yeah. take it. We'll take it. But yeah. if we again, if we lose, don't lose your heads. It's fine. It's Chelsea away. It's okay. It's okay. That's right, it. we'll be back next week, won't we, Joshua? We will be. We got a comment on the last podcast saying that the the miss rolls in too infrequently, so we're, we're going to try and make this a weekly thing. You're I right. Apologize. Maybe, maybe even possibly sometime over the weekend after the game would we play on Saturday yeah maybe just talk about <laughs> transfers can't we this is a this is an after show conversation Joshua come on yes sorry sorry <laughs> right if you're listening for the first time thank you very 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 much for finding us we really appreciate it if you've come back again and again and again and again and again we love you you Reds and subscribe <laughs>